Have you ever thought, I'd like to change the world? Stick around. I'm going to tell you how. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, yes, I know a lot of you would like to change the world. Well, we're going to talk about that. We'll have some fun with that. Our sponsors today are Harry's and Fresh Books. Here's some of the questions we'll be dealing with. Dan, how do you stay so positive? Somebody asked me that this week. It's something that comes up often. I'm going to share with you some tips for how I do it, at least. How do I choose a business to start? Dan, I struggle with the concept of doing a job we completely love. There's that theme showing up again. A couple weeks ago, I talked about that. The idea that a lot of you struggle with even the concept of being able to love your work. Is it really okay? Or somehow there's a big God up there who's going to beat us down, makes us do something we, in fact, don't enjoy. Well, we'll look at that again a little bit. Dan, I want to leave my job in the next 48 days and have a successful business up and running. How about this one, Dan? I have a business idea that's so great, I don't want to tell anyone about it. All right, stick around. We'll talk about those. Our quotation today comes from Harriet Tubman, who said, Every great dream begins with a dreamer. And remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Well, I want to mention my friends at Harry's. You know that I start my day off every day shaving with my Harry's razor. Just an amazing experience. You know, it's one of those things that we as guys do. It's not particularly something we probably look forward to, but it's like brushing your teeth. It's a great way to feel good, look good, ready to start the day. And I know that usually the experience is to go to the drugstore, look at those high-priced things behind a plexiglass case. You don't have to do that. With Harry's, you can get them shipped right to you. You get those German-engineered five-blade cartridges for a close, comfortable shave. Factory direct prices come. They cut out the middleman. They own the factory. They're selling their blades at what's going to be half the price of the leading brands. So you can start off with a set called the Truman. It's a great option for new customers, an amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for you fans of 48 days. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase when you visit harrys.com slash 48 days. So just go to harrys.com slash 48 days right now to redeem your offer. Got a couple things I want to remind you of. We got a new Ask the Coach series that's going to be starting every Thursday night. By the time you're listening to this, we'll already have had one. So every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to be doing Ask the Coach. Now, this is going to be primarily for people who are in 48days.net because we have a lot of questions there and we have a lot of competent coaches. So we're just going to have coaches volunteer. They were eager to have the opportunity to be in place. So we'll have people, golly, you know, like um, Marianne Renner and Giovanna Ellison and Mark Ross and Mark West and a whole lot of other people who are, are volunteering to be the resident Ask a Coach on Thursday nights. So check that out. If you're a member of 48days.net, you'll get information from Jen McDonough about that. 
Now, one of the things I want you to do is to do uh, a survey that we just sent out. A lot of you have already done this. I mean, we, we just sent out a short note yesterday and a whole lot of you have already done this. Thank you so much if you've done that. But, you know, we want to do more than just give you a dose of inspiration. We want to really give you the tools and resources to equip you to pursue that, to find or create the work that you truly love. Filling out the survey will really help us know what kind of resources we need to bring to you. So if you'd just go to 48days.com slash survey, take you three minutes to fill it out. I'd love to to get your input there. And once you hit submit in that survey, I'm going to send you an 11 page worksheet on what's holding you back from pursuing your dreams. I mean, that's a biggie. I put together some tips that I think will help you. What's holding you back from pursuing your dreams. So if you just go to 48 days.com slash survey, give us a little information there. We'll tweak what we share with you each week here in the podcast and in the newsletter, the blogs, those kind of things, things to keep you moving toward the success that you want. Hey, if you're a small business owner, like I am probably one of your least favorite things to do is taking care of the books. I know that's true for me. I was talking to my accountant yesterday and we were talking about all the things that fresh books offers us. And I want to tell you about Fresh Books. I'm recommending that you try it to keep track of your expenses and your income. If you go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, then enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section, you get a free unrestricted month of use. Now here's the deal. You can get professional looking invoices in about 30 seconds. They're really cool. I had somebody do some work for me here recently and he gave me at the end of the work an invoice. It was a little over $12,000 and it was on a piece of white paper scribbled out in pencil. That meant he didn't even have a copy of it. And I thought, dude, this would make your whole business look so much more professional if you used fresh books. And I told him about it. He agreed that he would check it out. Hey, here's a couple of things that are really important. FreshBooks customers double, on average, double their revenue in the first 24 months. I mean, how cool is that? Sometimes just paying attention to the details is the very thing you need to make your business grow. 97% of customers highly recommend FreshBooks. So check it out. Go to FreshBooks.com slash 48 days. And they, again, enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Get started with your free month of use. Well, we've got a whole lot of success stories going on. Things that people are doing. Love sharing these. Obviously, we'd love to share your story as well. If you got a success story, you can go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, and you'll see an opportunity there to do it. Or you can just shoot an email to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. So here's some of the stories we've got today. This one comes from Ashley, Ashley Wortley. In Salt Lake City, she says, just wanted to drop you and Joanne a quick note to let you know how much Jared and I appreciate you. When I found your podcast about five years ago and was introduced to your books, it put us on a path to change the course of our life and the work that we would do. We have spent the greater part of the last three years building our video production business and raising our two darling kiddos. I often reflect on that day you invited us to your house and I had the pleasure to walk your property with you and feel the peace that is there. We were able to not only work in careers that we are able not only to work in careers that are meaningful, but we now have the freedom to live the kind of life we want where we can make the greatest impact. Thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. Well, thank you, Ashley. Great to hear from you. Ashley and her husband, Jared and her twin sister, 
and her husband, Mike, went with us on a cruise a couple times, been with us on the cruises. Matter of fact, we got a video that Jared did of that cruise that's up on our cruise site. If you check out the next upcoming cruise, we have a video that Jared Wortley did of the one, uh, the one of the ones that he and he and uh, Ashley went with us on. So you can check that out. Just go to live events under 48days.com, the ultimate advantage cruise. That's the next one coming up and you'll see a video that, that uh, Jared did right there. Well, Aaron Casey, who you've heard me talk about, she's a contributing editor for success magazine has treated People in the 48 Days community very, very kindly over the years at inclusions in the Success Magazine. I just recently, uh, Aaron and her husband stopped in here. They're traveling on the road right now because they're both writers and can be anywhere they want to. So they're living out of their travel trailer and gorgeous truck that they pull around the country as they're traveling. They stopped in here. She saw a book on my desk that I had just gotten to review. It's Rachel Cruz's new book. Love Your Life, Not Theirs, the new book that um, Rachel is Dave Ramsey's daughter. And Aaron said, gee, I'd like to review that for Success Magazine. I said, well, help yourself. I'm sure Rachel and the crew at Dave's organization would be happy to give me another one to review. So she connects lots of us in the work that she does. She has a cruise coming up. She has a cruise coming up, and they have a place for a woman who would like a roommate to be on that cruise. Now, the easiest way to find it, you know, the URLs are lengthy. I mean, she's going to have speakers on there, people like Jen McDonough. It's a cruise that's going to leave on November 14th, 14th through the 19th, leaves out of Tampa. You can get rooms starting at only $909. So uh, just the easiest way to do that is to go to 48days.net and just check on upcoming events. Over on the left-hand side, you'll see that, and you can join Jen and Aaron and others on that writing cruise, if that's something you'd like to check out. Erica says, I launched a new course on Udemy. It's called English Grammar Writing Crash Course in One Hour. Now, she goes through really some of the challenges she's having and how to price that. But again, want to congratulate her on creating a cruise that she put up on Udemy. You heard me talk about that a lot. We've got the course on how to create your own mastermind up there. And I'm going to be recommending that for somebody who has an audio question here in a little bit anyway, but it's a great way for you to produce a course and congratulations to Erica for getting her course up there. John Henderson says, uh, will you help us raise money for make a wish foundation? Now he, he says, I've just self published a book with the help of my email list. I wanted to show them exactly how to self-publish, and they did an awesome job. We created a compilation of 50 of the best quotes we could collectively come up with and then produced it as a book that's only 99 cents. And as that book sells, he's donating all that money to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So again, congratulations to John for the new book that you got. Awesome. Rick Schultz has a book he says um first thanks to dan miller's community the info in 48 days podcast and here at 48 days is amazing and it is truly a great group of people if i can help please contact me at any time again this is rick schultz he's got a new free kindle book out a renegade championship summer a broadcaster's view of a magical minor league baseball season and when you hear us talk about all the things that people are doing you you recognize these are people just like you I mean, some of you may be thinking, well, gee, I could never do a book. I could never 
put together a course. I could never organize a cruise. Well, you can. These are people just like you and me that are doing these kind of things. Love to see these stories coming through again and again and again. Lynn Watts says, my newest picture book is on Amazon. She says, can't believe it was seven years ago that Dan first encouraged me on a podcast to follow my heart's desire and begin writing. Today, my seventh book, Wyatt the Wonder Dog Learns About Friendship, is available on Amazon. Each book comes with discussion questions and activity in the back to extend the lesson. Uh, Please check out the whole series and share with others. So it's Wyatt, W-Y-A-T-T, The Wonder Dog. WyattheWonderDog.com. It'll take you right to Lynn's book. Congratulations, Lynn, on your seventh book out. I remember well some of those early conversations where you were very timid about being able to produce your own books, and you've just launched into that and done it with class and excellence. Bob Wilson has a new book out, my first kid's book. He says, I'm excited to share that I published my first children's book. Woody is a horse who loves shoes, people's shoes, but he only wears two. Join Woody as he learns about what it means to be different and why it's important to be yourself. For this book, I purchased a software package called Drag and Drop Illustrator, used it to create my own illustrations. It was an interesting learning process. So the book is Woody's Two Shoes. Being yourself is important, and it's okay to be different. And congratulations, Bob, on your new book out there. You know, kids' books always have a unique kind of special appeal. I mean, my granddaughter, Clara's, book that she and my wife Joanne wrote together. What if it were possible? Getting a lot of attention. It'll be officially released in October, October 15th. So they're lining up book signings and they're going to want to request to speak in schools. I mean, if you really have a clear, succinct message in a children's book, gives you an opportunity to talk about it and then certainly sell a lot of books as well. Alex Barker, As a note in the 48 Days community, says my first five-figure coaching contract. If you're counting zeros, that means it was over $10,000. So what a cool thing. He says the compound effect is real. Here's a look at my coaching packages over the years. In 2013, he was charging $37 an hour. 2014, he went to $75 an hour. 2015, $150 an hour. Seems to be a pattern here that every year he doubles. And in 2016, yeah, he's $1,000 coaching packages. That's significantly more than doubling from 150. Now he custom tailors coaching packages based on the clients. And he goes through the kind of things that he's done. This past month, I signed a five-figure coaching deal. You know what I realized? The money isn't a roadblock anymore for customers. People will find a way to pay for your coaching product or service when they truly believe it will help them. People are resourceful and will borrow money from their mom just to get their dreams accomplished. Well, that's a great statement, Alex. You are so right. Money is never the object. I tell our coaches all the time when people say, gee, it's too expensive, that means you haven't done a good enough job of explaining the benefits to them. I mean, whether it's a car, a couch, a lawnmower, doesn't matter what it is. We have our money. We see that product. If we think our money is worth more than what that product is going to benefit us, we keep the money. But as soon as somebody shares with you the benefits, where the benefits outweigh the money you have in your hand, you part with the money. It's just a simple business kind of principle. So the challenge in coaching is to help people understand the benefit that they're going to get, what they'll lose if they don't engage with you and your coaching because of how you can help have a transformation in their lives. That's a great example. 
Well, one more here. Um, this comes from Eric, Eric Kishat, who's a regular contributor. Eric introduced me on the spot at Podcast Movement. It was really funny at Podcast Movement in Chicago. He was there, met him in advance. He was helping as kind of a room monitor. So he was really involved and excited that it was the first time that we actually met in person. And then they had somebody walk in, a lady who said, I'm supposed to introduce you. You know, who are you? What have you done? What should I say? I said, um, let's make this easy. Since you have no idea who I am, there are plenty of people in the room who do. I'll get somebody here to introduce me. And I turned around and said, Eric, how would you like to introduce me? He said, man, I'd love to. And he rocked it. He absolutely rocked it because he has a long history of knowing who I am and what I'm all about. And it was perfect for the occasion. But anyway, Eric has a blog up. 10 lessons that a garage sale taught me about doing business. I love this. Sometimes we think that the only way we learn about business is studying, you know, Apple or Microsoft or Google or Yahoo, you know, major companies. No, he says, recently I helped a friend orchestrate a weekend garage sale. My sole purpose was to facilitate a purge of belongings and a move across town. In fact, I very much considered it a break from my small HR coaching consulting business that he has at Harmony Insights which regularly occupy my thoughts. As it turns out, the sale was a timely, impactful reminder of the basic business tenets that should serve as the foundation of everything that I do with my own business. So here are the lessons that he learned. Now he he unpacks this, check out his blog that is titled 10 plus one lessons that a garage sale taught me about doing business. I'll just read you the title, the highlights. Number one, don't chase perfection. Number two, link arms. Number three, start early. Number four, take calculated risk. Number five, go to your audience. Number, they had it in an apartment, and so he went down on the street with a sign and talked to people and sent them up to the apartment where the garage sale was going on. Number six, ignore the haters, which is interesting. He says, one can't, cannot stand holding a sign of any sort at a high-traffic intersection in Chicago without hearing occasionally colorful language from passersby. I heard plenty of it myself that afternoon, but then I also had people stop to comment on how much they enjoyed garage sales, how pleasant the weather had turned out to be, and how nice it had been to meet and talk with my friend. It was where I chose to focus my attention that made all the difference. Well, number seven, don't micromanage. Number eight, be willing to say no. He says, when we refused to budge on a negotiated price that still wasn't attracted to a potential buyer, he got in his truck and drove away. Just as we began to question our strategy, the man returned, paid what we were asking, and was on his way. Defining a clear boundary, maintained the perceived value of what we were offering, and perhaps increased the desirability of the item itself. Number nine, establish rapport. Number 10, give things away. Number, well, his plus one bonus, stand out. So Eric Kishat from Harmony Insights, thanks for your awesome blog. It really does have a lot of the, the basic principles in there. You know, recently I had Clara, my granddaughter, who wrote the book, What If It Were Possible, on the podcast. And in interviewing her, I heard from more people than if I had had, you know, Jack Welch from General Electric on, you know, more people than if I had had Donald Trump. Well, maybe not Donald Trump. But anyway, I heard from a lot of people who said, we need to be reminded how simple business is. Clara wrote a book. She tells people about it. She says this $10, they give her the $10, she gives me $2 to cover the cost, and she keeps the eight and it's profit. I mean, it's it's pretty simple business package. And people said, we need to be reminded just how simple business really is. 
Well, hey, that's. Oh, I'm going to stop there. We got. We could go on and on and on and on, but uh, we're going to stop there with our champions of the day. Thanks so much for doing things for taking action. You know, people often thank me for books that I've written or things that they've heard me say and so on. That's fine. But what I really want to hear is what did you do to take action? That's where the glory needs to go. Not just in me writing words, but in you taking action and so many of you are doing that. Where you're moving beyond just accumulating knowledge. We've talked about that a lot. It's not a matter of just accumulating knowledge. It's a matter of moving through to understanding and application. And I commend a whole lot of you on doing exactly that. If you got a success story, you can just shoot it to me at askdan at 48days.com. Now, one of the things that I was asked recently, and I've been asked about a million times over the years, I suppose, is, Dan, how do you stay so positive? We were walking from the sanctuary over to our neighbor's house at Coaching with Excellence last week. So we had a big, you know, big crowd here and we were walking over there and Greg got me off to the side and we walked by our, just the two of us together over to our neighbors. Now it's quite a, quite a walk. We have a long driveway out to the, the paved road and then it's onto their driveway back another very long gravel lane back to their 15 acres where they have this amazing structure that they live in. It's a kind of combination barn house and they have a U-Pick garden and we had this awesome meal that Lee fixed for us with vegetables right from the garden, right to the table. It was amazing. Finished it off with caramel cake. I don't suppose she grew the caramel cake in her, in her uh, garden, but it was a, a, a wonderful addition and conclusion to the night. So anyway, Greg asked me, he says, how do you stay so positive? Let me give you some tips for how I stay so positive. One of the main things that I do is protect the first hour of the day. A lot of you are familiar with, you know, one of my book titles is The Rudder of the Day. Henry Ward Beecher said, the first hour is the rudder of the day, the golden hour. Be very careful how you start your morning. You're planting the seeds for what the day will hold. So if you get up late, grab a cup of coffee, cigarette, rush to work, you know, a few minutes, the idiot's in traffic, honking your horn, drop down, exhausted at your desk at 810, you've set the tone for the day. Everything is going to seem like pressure and your best efforts are going to be diluted. That's not the way I start my day. Now it may be, you may think, well, it's easy for me to say, because you know, I have a pretty ideal life. I don't get in a car and go to work. I walk across the nature trail on our yard back to the sanctuary, you know, to start my day. But even before that, I mean, I don't do that until the first hour of my day is already set. So it's not a matter of when you leave your house. It's a matter of what do you do in that first hour before you get up? Now, what I do is, I mean, I've not used an alarm clock for 30 years, I suppose. I just don't need it. I go to bed at a reasonable time and I wake up when I'm rested. If I have something in particular that I need to accomplish or a conference call early in the morning, it's no problem. I mean, I wake up prior to that because my mind is rested and I'm ready to go. When I get up, I immediately have, well, immediately drink a glass of water, but then I, I have some stretches that I do to protect my back. For years, I had back trouble until I discovered with the combination of my chiropractor and my massage therapist, 
a routine of yoga stretches that I could do that protect my back. It's awesome. I don't miss a morning or evening in doing those. So that's, that's just me. I do that. Then I have on my phone an app called Calm. And I start with a meditation practice, usually about 15 or 20 minutes long. I just select one for the day. They have series that I go through. Sometimes they're seven day things. So I'll do one every morning for a week. So I go through that. So not instead of rushing, I never turn the TV on. I don't grab my phone and look at Facebook or email messages. I don't get a newspaper. You know, none of those things are going to be the way that I start my day. I don't want my morning, you know, starting out getting the latest news, you know, rape, murder, pestilence, heartache. That's not the way I want to start my day. That's not the input I want in my brain at the beginning of the day. When you think about news, I mean, my Peter Diamandis, who I love Peter's work. He has a book called Abundance. He does a podcast, Exponential Wisdom, with his friend, Dan Sullivan. And he talks about CNN, constantly negative news is what he calls it. He says, you know, why would you have that on constantly negative news? But keep in mind, you know, the news is not just a compilation of what's happened that we need to know about. News is put together in a way that gets our emotions engaged because they're selling a product. The only way those news shows can stay on is because they get our eyeballs connected and attached so then they can sell ads. That's the way it works. It's just a business. They don't have some kind of unbiased desire to help us out and know what's going on. They're selling a product. They're selling ads. And the way they do that is to have these salacious, horrendous news items that attract our attention. So our eyeballs are there when the ads come on. I mean, my gosh, surely we're smarter than that than to be roped in by that. So anyway, I I certainly don't do that. So after I do my meditation exercise, then I jump right directly on the treadmill. I'm usually on for 60 minutes. And while working out, I take advantage of the hundreds of inspirational podcasts that are out there. Things like Exponential Wisdom with Dan Sullivan and Peter Diamandis. I mean, that's one where I'm checking my podcast feed daily to see if they've got a new one coming up because I wish they would do it more often. Uh, Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. My gosh, just Really interesting. The TED Hour with Guy Raz, where he takes one theme and then he takes little snippets of people who have given TED Talks and puts together a compilation of a one-hour program that really gives you insight into a particular theme. But those are the kind of things. So I'm listening to things that are positive, uplifting, inspirational, encouraging. Those are the things that I have in my brain. When I get off the treadmill, jump in a shower, get ready, go in. Then I'm ready. By then, Joanna's up and we have, I I make a smoothie every morning where I have protein. I have things in there like chia seed, protein, barley green, you know, nuts, frozen berries, almond milk. Anyway, I'll give you the recipe if you want it, but that's, I have a smoothie and a muffin, a gluten-free muffin that has nuts and berries and things in it as well that Joanne makes. We talk about what we're going to do during the day. At that point, it's usually close to 8.30 after those things. Wow, I'm set for the day. I, I can handle anything that comes my way. 
the rest of the day because I'm so prepared emotionally, mentally, and physically that the rest of the day is a breeze. It really is. So how do I stay positive? Wow. Those are some of the things that I do to stay positive. I mean, nothing can take me down because I've been so built up in that first hour of the day. Now, another thing that I shared with Greg as we were walking is the inscription that's found on a tombstone in Westminster Abbey from a monk, near as we can tell, written back around 1100 AD. I have this in the very back of No More Dreaded Mondays. Well, I talk about this desire we all have that we want to change the world. And we kind of set that as a theme for today. But this is the inscription that has been very, very helpful to me over the years and certainly to lots of others. When I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. I found it was difficult to change the world. So I tried to change my nation. When I found I couldn't change the nation, I began to focus on my town. I couldn't change the town. And as an older man, I tried to change my family. Now as an old man, I realized the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realized that if long ago I had changed myself, I could have made an impact on my family. My family and I could have made an impact on our town. Their impact could have changed the nation and I could indeed have changed the world. That's the end of it. What I told Greg is I said, that's my, my focus is what happens right here on these 10 acres in Franklin, Tennessee. The people that come here, I have close connections with. I go deep in living life together. That certainly includes, you know, my family, grandkids, neighbors, people that come to our events. That's where I want my impact to be the greatest. I don't get too concerned about what's happening in Washington, D.C. or frankly around the world. I have to trust that the ripple effect of what I can do right here in these 10 acres is going to maximize what I can possibly do. There are certainly a lot of things that I have no control over it all, but I can control what happens right here, how I think, how we relate to people. And I trust the ripple effect of that to go out and ultimately change the world in whatever way is possible. So here's my encouragement. Control the first hour of your day. It will set the course for what your day will be like. And in doing that, you can change your life and ultimately the world. Hey, this is John Tesh, host of Intelligence for Your Life, and you're listening to my good buddy, Dan Miller. You know, finding your purpose and passion is the first step to living out intelligence in your own life. 48 days can show you the way. Now, back to Dan. All right, let's go on to some questions here. This one comes from Mary, who says, I'm nervous on starting a venture without 100% knowing from God it's what I should do. In the past, I jumped too too quick into a venture, seeking my own gratification before God's calling, and it fizzled out quickly. I've been praying for God to show me if this is right for me, and if so, the steps to take, and I believe he led me to your podcast, but I'm still hesitant. I'm very young. I'm a bit overwhelmed by all the steps I foresee. This idea I have is a blending of my personality, talents, and passions, but the work itself will be tedious and not always enjoyable. I struggle with the concept of doing a job we completely love. 
I may love the idea itself and stand strong and confident in its outcome and values, but what if I just don't enjoy all of the work that it takes to get there? Do you mean your job should be enjoyable 100% of the time or just not unenjoyable? Thanks so much. Well, I, I love your question. It comes up repeatedly. A couple weeks ago, the August 19th podcast is where I titled that apparently God wants me to be miserable. And I spent the entire podcast just dealing with this idea. Is it really reasonable to expect that we can love our work? Or is there some kind of a capricious God up there who really thinks we ought to suffer that surely the things we would enjoy most are not things we should be engaged in because we need to live lives of sacrifice and pain and misery. Well, I address that and hope that it was, we heard from lots of you. Thanks for your um, comments on that and hope that that was helpful, but you may want to go back Mary and listen to that as well. In regard to, should we enjoy every single aspect of our work? I don't know of anything that's like that. I mean, I know people who love their work and their lives as I certainly do, but do I enjoy, you know, cleaning up after an event when we've had a bunch of people here? And not particularly. It's just part of the overall picture. It's worth it because it's part of a bigger picture. But that in itself, no, I don't enjoy that. I mean, taking out the trash, I mean, keeping track of financial data. You've already heard me about that. I don't enjoy that. Meeting with my bookkeeper, I don't enjoy that. But it's something that I have to do as a responsible business owner. I mean, learning new technology, learning new technology. Here's how I learn new technology. And we have a lot of things that come down the pike and things that we integrate into what we're doing. I don't learn where somebody comes in and just gives me a crash course or I go to a course and it's three hours and it just, I learn little by little. I learn by knowing just enough to get involved. I experiment, get a little more comfortable. Then I can go a little bit deeper. I mean, even with the technology and how to do a podcast. I mean, when I started out, I downloaded Audacity, which is a free program. And I had a $19 lapel mic from Radio Shack clipped onto my shirt. That was it. Well, as I got more into that, then had this guy, Cliff Ravenscraft, who kind of virtually tapped me on the shoulder and said, would you be offended if I showed you how to make your podcast higher in quality? I was like, man, come on down. Where have you been? Show me. But I learn little by little by little in how to make, how to learn things, how to do things better. So there are certainly a lot of things that I don't enjoy just not thrilled about in and of itself. But overall, the work life that I've created, the daily life that I have, absolutely, I love it. So, you know, I think it's like eating a healthy meal. You know, you may not be as wild about Brussels sprouts. I certainly am not. But if Joanne puts them on the plate as part of a a balanced meal, sure, I eat them. Uh, It's not as enjoyable as ice cream, but I'm not going to eat ice cream all the time because I know that doesn't make sense. So, it's like a lot of other things in life. We identify a healthy balance and be happy with that. Byron wants to know, how do I use a 48 days plan for companies that only take online applications? Well, if you're only looking at companies that are taking online applications, you're uh, not really doing a very good job search strategy. And even if they do say that they only take online applications, my recommendation is going to be that you ignore that. I mean, show up at their front door, walk in, send them a FedEx package. I mean, my gosh, if you just stay within the rules, you're going to be convinced nobody's hiring. There's no jobs out there. So just do what you can to be creative, 
that's how you do a job search. It's not just conforming to the requirements that they talk about. I mean, a company is going to put on there, you know, college degree required. You know how lame that is in today's work environment? I mean, companies really could care less about that for the most part. A lot of them are making that very, really visible that they really don't care about that. But the reality is even the ones that still have it on their application things, they use it as a screening tool. So instead of having 800 applications, they get 250. So if you're a candidate to do what it is they need to have done and you know it'd be a good fit for you, you apply anyway. It doesn't matter if you got an eighth grade education. Apply anyway. Make a case for yourself. They'll ignore that requirement time and time again. Jennifer says, recently you mentioned selling on Amazon and the public domain publishing course. I'm interested in both, but wondered which might be quicker to start generating income. I wanted to spend the next six months starting a side business while continuing to work full time as a secretary, but my work situation has become so toxic, I want to leave in the next 48 days. I've considered looking for another full-time job, but would rather focus on my ultimate goal of being more flexible and available to my family if possible. I have a toddler at home, which limits my availability outside of work. So I'd like to maximize my time investment in the beginning of this process. Would you share your thoughts and advice? Thanks for your inspiring podcast and resources. Okay. What I would suggest is that you don't just arbitrarily quit in 48 days. You know, your work is toxic and you want to leave there and you want to start something on your own. So it's not really reasonable to just quit and have to get a new job. That's going to slow down your transition significantly. So you don't really want to do that. You do want to get something up and running. Use the current job you have until you can get something up and running where you're producing 50% of your current income. That would be my recommendation. Now, if you can do that in 48 days, you know, fantastic. If it takes you six months, you know, then hang in there. Continue using the job you have now as a vehicle to get you through that transition time so you don't have to make two major changes. Now, last week, you know, I, I linked you to Jim Cochran's course, the Proven Amazon course. If you go to provenamazoncourse.com slash 48 days, you get a discount for that course, which I highly recommend. You can also go to silentsalesmachine.com slash 48 days, and you get two free chapters out of his book on how to create income in that way. But now there's a whole lot of things to do out there. You haven't really identified, gee, what it is that you'd be a candidate to do. I mean, you can sell on Amazon, public domain. And we have a lot of people, Aaron Kerr has his course on public domain. And a lot of people have really jumped on that. Aaron made a chunk of money, made like $90,000 in six months when he did a compilation of Anne of Green Gables stories. So nothing that he wrote was originally he just did a compilation of things in the public domain here's another question that's kind of like this as well this comes from andy who says um dan i just finished reading your book it was unbelievable and i believe its principles will help my wife and me change our life my question is we're looking to start an ebay business my wife only works two days a week and has always dreamed of working for herself uh, the end of your book says to just do something however do you have any suggestions on where we should start Thanks for your time. Well, yes, Andy, I do. Start with something you already know about and care about. Don't just arbitrarily pull something out of a magazine or somebody down the street is doing it, so you're going to try it. Don't do that. There are too many challenges in starting a business so that without personal passion for that, 
you won't be able to survive those initial challenges. So you want to be something, again, the ideal is we blend passion, talent, and money. But start with things that you're passionate about. Make a list. If it's 20 things, that's okay. Make a list of things that you could see yourself doing, even if they sound unreasonable and impractical. That's okay. Just in the dreaming stage. Just start with that. So it could be, you know, washing windows or growing dandelions, you know, or babysitting the next, you know, dogs in the neighborhood. I don't care. Whatever. Make a list of things. And then knowing what you know about yourself, your unique skills and abilities, your personality, your passions, then you can narrow down to three or four ideas. And you can do this in a very short period of time. I mean, give yourself a week to do this. Come up with 20 ideas, narrow down to three or four that you know really fit you pretty well. Do a little bit more research and then figure out what it is that you're going to do. I mean, there are things like, I've talked about Jason and Cinnamon Miles who have Liberty Jane clothing. Cinnamon made doll clothes when she was a little girl for her dolls. Well, she grew up, you know, life happened. She forgot about making clothes. She grew up, was a housewife and mom, busy. And then she has a couple little girls and she started making doll clothes for her little girls' dolls. Well, people ood nod over them. And her husband, you know, Jason said, wow, we ought to put those up on eBay. People comment on them so much. They did. So they'd put them on, on eBay. They'd come home after dinner out and come home and they'd have 20 orders there for handmade doll clothing. And Cinnamon's like, I can't keep up. I can't keep up with people's orders. I'm going to have to stay up all night long to make these. They switched from making doll clothes to making doll clothes patterns. All they do is the patterns. Now think about the switch there. Once a pattern is done, they can sell it a thousand times. The same pattern. You can't do that with one handmade piece. So they moved from linear to residual income. Boom. Just like that. Now they can sell those when they're out at dinner, they can sell them and deliver them without doing any additional work at all. Last year they did close to $800,000 in business, just selling doll clothes patterns. So start with something you already know about and care about. That's where you want to be. Okay. Here's, here's a question. I'm going to play this one. It comes from Bernadette. Hi, Dan. My name is Bernadette, and I wanted to ask you to recommend a course for graphic arts. I want to take a class in learning basic graphic arts, such as in Adobe or uh, one of the other graphic arts programs. I'm not interested in getting a degree. I just want to know how to use these programs. Can you recommend a good online school? Thank you very much. Well, Bernadette, I certainly can. The courses that are available out there today, high quality courses where you don't go to a university or college to get them are just endless. I'm going to give you three sources real quickly. That is, those are Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com, Linda, L-Y-N-D-A.com, and CreativeLive.com. Those three, go to those three, put in graphic design. Now that you're going to, think that you're overwhelmed because of the number of courses that are there. And you're going to see courses for $24, courses for $400. I mean, any range that you want, but there's a whole lot of selection there. And those three, and you can put in any topic, 
but being interested in graphic design, that's exactly what I would recommend you do. And you know, people are putting those on their resumes at this point. And if you got a degree in political science, what does that really tell a company about your competency in helping them accomplish whatever they need to do? Not a whole lot, but if you have on there that you took these four courses on Udemy or creative live with specific things that it helped you become an expert in doing those have value. So people are doing that where we're finding these things often have more value than a traditional bachelor's degree. I want to grab one more here. We're close on time. I want to grab one more. Okay, here we go. All right. This one comes from Catherine. It says, uh, Dan, let me start by saying I love your work. I recently found you on the iDisciple app and have since subscribed to your podcast, ordered 48 Days to the Work You Love. I'm 23 years old. I have a great business idea. So great. Everyone has told me directly not to tell anyone else for fear of them stealing it. I've talked to friends and family I have that are lawyers, entrepreneurs, and I've gotten 100% positive feedback. Everyone agrees this idea is universally needed and so simple to create. The only thing I need to put into creating this is time. I've heard you describe how you how to split up a week in 15 hours, but you include things like communicating with clients, marketing, etc. I have nothing to market, no clients to talk to yet. How would you recommend positioning time to develop a new idea? Well, boy, great, great question. I love your question. For one thing, these people that are telling you not to share it with anybody else are wrong. That's a horrible way to approach starting something new. If you got a great business idea, I want you to share it with anybody that you get within three feet of. The risk of you starting it by in secret and launching it in the world are far, far greater than your risk of having anybody else steal the idea and take it. Take the idea of Amazon. Now, I mean, everybody knows that was an awesome idea, right? I mean, wow. Sell books online. How many thousands of people you think tried that before Jeff Bezos was really able to pull that off and get the traction that he has with Amazon? It's not the idea that has value. It's the execution. It's putting it in motion. You can tell a hundred people what your idea is, and there's not a one that is going to have the time to invest, as you're saying, that is needed to develop. If they're busy with their own lives, they're going to go on. But what you might learn from some of those people in ways that you could make your idea better is extremely valuable. That's what you want to go for. You want to go for what it is you can learn from all those people to make your idea better. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't think if you build a better mousetrap, people are going to beat a path to your door. Use the 15 hours a week that I talk about where you can make massive progress toward developing an idea. Yeah, I'll use more of those not directly in customer service or client service in your case, but in, in the marketing, in building the model for how you would share that. Is it going to be an online business? Is it going to be a physical retail business of some kind? You know, use that time, however, is appropriate for what it is that you're wanting to develop. I'm not sure what that is. And again, I commend you on having an idea that's so great that people think is great. But that's not really the validation. The validation is would people write you a check for that when you're ready to go? Start people asking people that if they'd write a check if you had that available. I've done that repeatedly with businesses where I've gone to potential customers and said, if I bring you this service or product, would you be a customer and pay me for that? I mean, I ask them directly for that. 
people said, yes, I'd write you a check today. That gives some affirmation to go back and work on that some more. Well, hey, check out the survey. If you do nothing else, please do that. 48days.com slash survey. I value so much your input uh, that you continue to give. I learn from you each week. Value your input and we want to continue to share resources together that help all of us go to that next level of success. So thanks for being part of this amazing community where we all are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Change the